Hey, honey, guess what? I give up. Girl, stop apologizing is out in the world. Holla! Holla! Available now, literally, anywhere books are sold. You can grab it at your local library. And if you like the sound of my voice, I didn't just write it. I also narrated it. Ooh, I love the sound of your voice. That means you can hear it on Audible today. Uh, Honey, this book... It does bring tears to my eyes when I read it, in part because I love the message, but also love what it might mean for our daughter to grow up knowing that you wrote this book. Thanks, honey. You're welcome. Go buy Girl Stop Apologizing right this very second. Or you can just rent it at the library. No pressure. Whatever you do, get your hands on a copy now. Honey. Yes, sir. Your relationship is one of two things. This is true. It's either either hot and sexy or, oh wait, no, that's not what we're talking about? Well, we could, but uh, this episode is actually about the fact that your relationship, like all living things, is either growing or dying. Very true. When we got together 17 years ago, I think we had this idea, like a lot of young couples, that you know, you just get married and you kind of sail off into the sunset. And the truth is that if you want an exceptional relationship, if you want to still be in love, if you want to still be attracted to each other. If you want to still be having fun and laughing like you did when you first got together, that takes work. We work harder on a relationship today, 15 years into marriage, 17 years into being together than we ever have before, because I think we appreciate that the only way to make a relationship grow is to actually be really intentional about what you want out of it. So if you are in a place right now with your partner where you're feeling like kind of going through the motions or maybe you're staying in a complacency this is the episode for you one of the most popular we've ever done your relationship is growing or it's dying check it out hi guys i'm rachel hollis and i'm dave hollis and we're married for like 14 years and together for 16 we have kids four kids which is like a thousand kids we've also been foster parents to four kids as well we're running a business together we do a lot of things that is a lot of things <laughs> but we feel like it's possible we know it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life that's why we decided to do a podcast together it's called rise together so if you want some tips and tricks on how we kind of get through all the things this is it come on down here we go <laughs> Welcome to what is actually the first episode of Rise Together. It's the second episode, technically, yeah. because we had an intro episode. Yes, this is the first one that we're, we're really digging in. But this is the first time we have a topic. Yeah, it's a really good topic, and it's one that feels foundational in the relationship that we have today that we didn't have when we got married or even a decade ago, which is... Really the idea of a question that we feel like everybody in a romantic relationship needs to ask themselves and needs to ask themselves pretty regularly, which is, are we growing? Are we growing together? Are we growing more in love? Are we better off now than we were a year ago? Or are we dying? Because any living thing is one of those two things. You can't be in the middle. You can't. You're either growing or you're dying. An animal, grass, humans are either growing or they're dying. So what does your relationship look like right now? And 
the way that I think you can answer this question, are we growing, are we dying, are we stagnant, do we feel stuck, do we feel like we can't get past this place, or do we feel like we sort of are repeating ourselves, is are you more in love with your partner than you were a year ago? That's good. I, I mean, I do think, because we've talked about as individuals, whether we are feeling like we are reaching toward an exceptional version of ourselves, and we do the same thing in the relationship we have as a couple. And the times when we can point to the most exceptional moments in our relationship, they were times when we were actively, intentionally reaching towards a better version of ourselves, a.k.a. growing. And the times when I look back, and you can you know, listen to other podcasts where we've talked about hard times, but those valleys that showed up in our relationship were times when we were not making progress. Mm -hmm. We weren't moving toward a better version of our relationship, in part because we probably were either distracted by just the chaos of life or we're slipping as an individual and weren't kind of carrying our own weight I in would the relationship. Say, I would say not only were we not growing, we definitely have had seasons as a couple where we were backsliding. Yeah. Where I feel like we were doing worse than we had before. And the interesting thing I think about, um, for Dave and I, we've been together for 16 years. We've been married for 14. And it's amazing to me. It's just, I feel so dumb when I think back at like baby Rach when we first got married, that you sort of think once you navigate that first year and like those hard, you know, let's figure out who's doing this and who's doing that. And you get past those first few arguments or whatever it is that you think like, I got it. Like there's not going to be other stuff. There's not going to be trials or tribulations. We've sort of navigated those things. And so I guess what was surprising to me as we grew as humans, like as we had children and then we had more responsibilities and job pressures and whatever, is that new level, new problems. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, I, there's two surprises for me as you're talking about surprises. One surprise for me was there was a point in time very early on in our relationship where I thought we were at the peak of how much we could love each other. And it's nowhere near. The, the, the way I feel for you now, the appreciation and respect and admiration, and but really the love that I have for you today is just so much bigger than the little baby love that young you and I had, mm -hmm. you know, 16 years ago when we met or 14 years ago when we got married. That's one. But two, I, I have been surprised by, at a certain point in our marriage, when things were not going as well as they are today, I actually convinced myself that that was just something that happened to marriages after mm. a certain amount of time and thought, well, I better just settle on in to this not being as good as it once was because I didn't realize that you could fight for a better version of being married, which, God, I'm so grateful that we have. But when I talk to people that are, like, stuck... I think it's in part because they just assume that stuck is where they're meant to live. And that's, that's just a lie from the devil. Yeah. No, <laughs> gosh, that's such a good point. I think even we see this, we do this live streams in the morning and we'll see some of the questions coming through. And I don't feel like I can answer people's questions without being, without it coming across as rude. Someone asked a question this morning about her husband, about like being so frustrated at how do I, you know, deal with being so frustrated with him. And I just thought, Man, 
like that's on you. And let me explain that. This was one of my points for later, but um, if you are frustrated with your partner and not clearly communicating with them why you're frustrated, you are setting them up for failure and your relationship up for hardship. And I think the problem that we have in this society is that we don't have a lot of great examples. At least I didn't grow up with them and I don't know a lot of great examples that exist in social media or you know, in the celebrity space or whatever of people in romantic relationships that I'm like, yeah, that, that's who I aspire to be. So you don't have any examples of it. What you do have examples of lots of people who are frustrated with their partner, lots of comedies about how terrible this wife is a shrew or this husband's lazy or, you know, whatever, the in-laws, the this, like it's, it's making it normal for it to be bad. And so it doesn't occur to you unless you get outside your regularly scheduled programming or unless you're seeking it out in books or podcasts or whatever to see like, wait, no, not everybody lives this way. So I, I love that insight because I don't think, yeah, back in the day, that's probably really important for us to say, guys, like this is 16 years to get here. I can't wait to see what it looks like at 20 years or 22, but please know if you are early on and you maybe are falling into some of these things or you haven't even considered them before, or gosh, if you're 20 years in and you haven't considered them before, you know, if you're, if you're breathing right now, if you're listening to this podcast, you have the ability to take control of your relationship and to make it better by actively pursuing it. We wanted to share with you the ways that we have really actively pursued an exceptional relationship, like better than good, better than great, exceptional. I want to stay on one thing just for a second because I do think the, the maturity that's come in our relationship over time that has had me appreciate the value of wading into confrontation with you because of it being a thing that will make our relationship better did not exist for a long time. Ooh, yes. Right? Like, I'm a recovering no codependent. More. We both are. Yeah. We both are. Right? And In so, different ways, but we both are, for yeah. sure. And so, like, keeping the peace or keeping Rachel happy or not wanting to have to, like, deal with the work of the work kept me from saying things when they came up in real time, when the problem was still very small. And then as time went by, it compounded and grew and be became something that I was frustrated about that you were not even aware of as a frustrating thing for me. And then one day, you'd close the door a little too hard. I was like, why, why do you keep slamming the door? And it yeah. had nothing to do with the door. Yeah. It, right? Like I was getting frustrated about something that I'd never even brought up. I happened to go through this thing at work where instead of doing an annual review, we started doing these like really deliberate, regular conversations and it took a ton of the, the weight of that like year-end conversation away because we just changed the culture of routinely having regular conversations. In the moment. In the yeah. moment. We like looked at this cool video called Radical Candor. Like we like it's pushed a great, it's a great book too, by the it's way. It's a great book, it's a great like twenty minute TED talk, but like pushing yourself into a confrontation in a constructive way in real time when the problem is small diffuses something from becoming a problem 
but it was just so countercultural to the way that I grew up, and certainly sure. like worked. I had to work against my like reflex for codependency. Yeah, think. well, I think that's also a great insight. It's probably the first stepping stone, I think, to having an incredible relationship is a willingness on both sides that, hey, we want to actively grow. We want to grow as individuals and we want to grow as a couple. We want to be more in love. We want to, you know, still want to make out like teenagers, you know, no matter what's going on in our lives. We want to have fun. We want to laugh. We want to do it. And in order for that to be true, in order for that to happen in our lives, then we have to be willing to sit in tension. We have to be willing to have hard conversations. We have to be willing to hold each other accountable. That's first step because I think it's easy for us to sit here and say, man, have honest, hard conversations with one another when I don't know that we would have either one of us felt comfortable with that when we were younger. That's a place that we've grown into. What would have been helpful to us is if we had listened to something like this or read a book together or gone to a conference together or done something where someone could challenge you in that way and say, hey, do you want this? Great. Your new life is the cost of your old one. Ooh, that's good. Right? Like your new relationship means that you are going to have to do some things you've never done in order to have some things you've never had. And that is hard when you're first starting and it takes practice and habit and here's what I'm going to reach for and all of these things. So just first step is having a conversation with your partner like this is a place we want to go. And I got to be honest, you need to do some soul searching if you have a partner that you're like, I want us to grow more in love. I want us to be stronger. I want us to be more supportive of each other. I want whatever. And your partner is like, no. <laughs> no, you know, we need to look at what's going on there. But the first place to start is both of you, both of you have to have your head in this game, right? Uh, 100%. I mean, here's the thing, too. This is a different podcast for a different day. We'll do it in this series. But the idea that, like, you don't complete me, I don't complete you, we're both individually coming into this whole mm-hmm. And that that whole in part is what motivates me to be, want to be better. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, the opposite is true. Like, if you're currently in a position with someone where th- you're getting that grunt instead of, mm-hmm. yep, I'm in and I also want to reach for something better, just pour into yourself. Mm-hmm. Become the very best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And watch that person who currently grunts and moans take notice of your flourishing and your growing and watch them want to grow like you, mm-hmm. right? Love that. Okay. All right, so what we thought we would do is this idea of growing or dying. How can you identify where you are? And that was the question that we wanted you to start with was, are you more in love? Do you feel closer? Do you feel better connected than you did a year ago? And understanding, number one, that that is a seasonal thing for every relationship. Important to say that, that there have been plenty of times where our answer was, yes, we are more in love, and plenty of times where we have not been more in love. Mm-hmm. But to actually either 
maintain the momentum of having been more in love, you have to first identify what you're doing that's working. So yeah, you so if you it. say yes, to, yes, we are more in love, great. Have you taken the time and been intentional about identifying what is going on right now in your life that makes you feel like that? Because if you know, hey, these four elements are really making us feel connected and we're really just going through life together, then you can continue to do those things. And if the answer is no, you got to know, okay, those times when I did feel more connected to you, what's missing that I had then that I don't have now? Yeah. Let's start with the first one just for a second because I do think any, any great relationship has the possibility of not maintaining its momentum forward if you're not really, really intentional with that maintenance. Mm -hmm. And so doing, you know, a regular review of how you're feeling and what's working and if you're going into a crazy season, how you're preparing for that season so that you can keep the relationship a focus for wanting it to continue to thrive even though life is going to come harder than it maybe had previously at you. you know, the people who have exceptional relationships have a real solid handle on what it takes to make them work as a, as a partnership. Them, which I think is really powerful. Oh, We're yeah. going to get into that. Like, all relationships are not created equal. I love it when people are like, tell us exactly how to do yeah, you. Yeah, and, it's, and like, it's like, that's no. not going to work for you guys. That's right. That's what works for us. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Wait, so I, I interrupted you as per usual. So that was if the answer is yes. But if the answer is no, what was your advice for them? Well, if the answer is no, then I think it's about being really honest about what you're feeling and what you're thinking and coming into, I, I read something just the other day, like starting a conversation and how you start it is the way that you will finish it. Mm-hmm. So if you hope to have an outcome that has your partner really understanding and having empathy for where you're coming from, you better start it in a way that has an appreciation for and an empathy on how they might receive your even bringing it up, mm-hmm. right? Like I, t- I have tended to, over time, become defensive mm-hmm. at the first, <laughs> right? The first time something gets brought up, I want to I want to litigate it. I want to try and convince oh, you that your you perception You've been an excellent lawyer. Thank you. <laughs> I, but I you know I like, sound like your mom. <laughs> I, I want I want the second Rachel is being critical in a constructive way. It's a reflex. I yeah. I don't even realize I'm doing it. I immediately want to convince her that she is incorrect for yeah. having perceived something a certain way. Guess and what? Can, like, can we just say too um, I'll say two things about this. One, this is yours. I have my own bad stuff. This is one of yours. You you can be defensive. And in our relationship, that's really, that has been in the past really dangerous for us because I'm non-confrontational and Dave is extremely confrontational. So if I say like, the sky's blue and he's like, the sky is pink. And he like gets, and he'll like, here's 27 reasons why the sky is pink. And here's why you don't know the sky is pink. And, and it just causes me to fully shut, shut down, down. Yeah. which is um, my plan. <laughs> it worked. So I think that's something that we really struggled with in the past. And I really want to stress to those of you who are listening, we are so not perfect. So when we're talking about the problems, we're like, we used to have that. It still shows up. It happened two days ago. I'm just going to give you the real-time example. But wait, can we get, I want to get those in order because I think they're powerful. Sorry. But it still happens. I just want to encourage you, if you, if you're like, man, these are the things that we're struggling with, 
shoot, I hope you're better than us. I hope you're not struggling with them in a decade, but you might be. We still have these things show up, but they just, they, they happen in smaller doses and we get over them much faster. If you've identified yes or no, you're growing or you're dying, we thought that we would walk you through um, a, like a strategy to make sure you're on the road to growth, to on the road to getting better all the time. And the first thing that we think every couple needs to do, every couple in a romantic relationship needs to identify their core values. Now, it's super important to side note here and say individual human beings should have their own core values. Relationship peeps should have relationship values and families should have family values. Some of them will, will overlap. Absolutely, and some will, will be, be different. totally different. Yes. But for if you were in a romantic relationship, have you ever just sat down and said, these are the things that matter most to us, and we don't care if they matter to anybody else, but if we are being true to these values, then our relationship is being true to what we want it to be. It's a really quick, like, how would you say that? Like a It's a litmus test almost. Like, yeah. does this matter? Well, let's yeah. lay it against what our family yes, values are. Exactly or let's lay it against what our for. relationship values yes. are. Let's lay it against our personal values. And if they don't line up with, then, then it we can let it go. Matter. Like, you know, uh, the in-laws really wanted us to come for such and such holiday, but we really wanted to go to a vacation. We haven't had one for it. It's our only time off. Well, wait, what's our core value? Oh, one of our core values is that we love to travel together. And so we have to choose our core value relationally over the expectations that other people have on us. That's right. It's super, super powerful and just getting clear and focused on what you want for your marriage or your relationship. We made five. We made five. You can make, you know, whatever number. I really feel like five should should be your I think, top. I think five, I think five is. If you have like twenty core values, they're not many. really the core. That's no. That's like a full complex of values. You you just want to get a, a, a solid base of values. So we thought we would take you through our five that we have identified that are really important to us, in no particular order. And these may not be, and probably will not be yours. Yours. Right? Yeah. You are making your own, but you know, make them. But these are ours. Yeah. So a, a way to do this, if you're not sure how to get to your own value, sit down with your partner and ask the question like, when we're at our best, when our relationship is at its absolute best, I'm most proud of it, I want it to be like this all the time, what are the things that are making it the best? And here are ours. Yep. Number one. Being best friends. We're best friends. We are best friends. Let me tell you about my best friend. What's interesting is like... <laughs> you don't even acknowledge me anymore when I sing. That's part of our friendship is me ignoring <laughs> most of your jokes slash singing. Yes. Um, the only thing that kind of gets us through every situation is this ability to like make each other laugh mm -hmm. and to be the person that I know you're going to be when like the kids have gone to bed yeah. and we get to just like chill. Yeah. The way that I would describe the friendship piece is that I want to treat Dave like he's my best friend first and my husband second because I think that we sometimes can treat our friends better than we treat our family. True. So when I think of my friendships, 
There are people I want to hang out with. There are people I want to do nice things for. There, I can't wait to, you know, have wine with them. I can't wait to schedule a vacation. I can't, like, I'm just very intentional about friendships. And I think that that is where I want to show up. And that is what, how I want to show up in our relationship as friends. Not, I don't know. I think probably because I grew up, you know, my parents divorced and they had a pretty hard marriage. And so I didn't have example, like an example of what a great marriage looked like, but I did have examples of what great friendships look like. And so I guess I just reach for that idea first. Yeah. So that can lead right into this one well, because they really sort of go hand in hand, but we did feel like they were separate topics, which is one of our core values is having fun. And laughing. And laughing. Like when we are at our best, we're having fun. We're kidding around. We're being stupid. We're going out on adventures. Like our being, you know, out on Thursday nights is a thing I look forward to because our date night is not let's go see a movie in the dark Mm -hmm. and not talk to each other, but, like, let's go... Mini golf. Show each other memes. Let's go bowling. Let's go... We just do stupid stuff, but we have a lot of fun. Um, And I I saw someone on Instagram the other day who, like, he shared his wedding vows, and it was something like, "You're of all the people I hate, like, I hate you the least. And I was like, that's BS. That's basically yes. I, so, saw, I was, like, reading something the other day about, like, these things are toxic in marriage. And one of the things was sarcasm. And I was like, well, oh, I can't even follow not, this person yeah. anymore. I'm sorry. No, see, that's a good example of, like, not all relationships are created equal. Some people, sarcasm is a love language. Like us. Like us. Our kids are the most sarcastic humans you've ever met in your life so that's a value for us whereas in your family that might be this a sign of disrespect um so having fun and uh laughing our butts off the third thing is growth yeah so growth i would say is a personal value for both of us but it's also a value in our relationship and we're really intentional i think with all of these that's the key right like you have to be, you can't just say these are our values. Great. Now, what are you doing to manifest those in your life? Well, growth personally was part of what made growth in a relationship an mm-hmm. important thing. I really found this connection, especially over the last couple of years, between growing and fulfillment. And personally, I've needed to continue to grow in order to feel a true, deep sense of fulfillment. And that just lent itself to, well, what do I look for then in a really fulfilling relationship? Oh, one that continues to grow, one that continues to get better. And, and also, I think that supports each other in growth. Oh, absolutely. Like, if that's a core value for us as individuals, and it's a core value for our relationship, it means that I have to be supportive and not begrudgingly, but wholeheartedly supportive of Dave pursuing things that help him to grow as a man, as a father, as a CEO, as any of these things, because we've identified that as something important. Deciding that something's important to you means that you will take on like a burden for yourself or sacrifice for yourself so that your partner can experience that growth. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, there's a level of it that's accountability. So, like, I, don't, I haven't always responded perfectly to the idea of accountability, even though I appreciate it. Just two days ago, we're driving in the car. It has been super chaotic because we are now officially a full month into moving our family from Los Angeles to Austin. 
And I had been in a great rhythm of working out. I'd gone to the gym a ton before we left, and it's just been hard to be really consistent. But I ran three or four days. I went to SoulCycle one of the days, and Rachel, as we're driving, says, hey, you know what, next week, I really want to try and help you get to the gym every day. And my brain heard that as, you've gotten chubby. Oh, my God. And you're not working as hard as you once did. I don't want to make out with you as much, which is hilarious. Because <laughs> what she really was saying was... Well, and he reacted badly. I reacted badly. And I was like, I, it hurt my feelings. I was like, what just happened? Like, I, what I was trying to say, and I guess I should have said differently, was like, hey, I know it's hard. We got a lot going on. I'll watch the kids. I'll take on... Like, don't think that you have to figure out, like, I'll do the other stuff so that you can have time to go to the gym. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. But I didn't say it in the right way. Nope. The thing is, you said it perfectly. I was personally feeling like I hadn't held up my end of the bargain Mm. when it came to pushing myself in the space that is really important to me. Yeah. And so my insecurity for not doing as good as I'd done previously flared when you just recognized what was super apparent. I haven't been to the gym as often in Austin as I had been when I was in Los Angeles. I then, you know, took four or five breaths and asked immediately, you know, for some forgiveness and and apologized because I was a jerk in the moment when she was legitimately just trying to be good. Yeah, I think that that's um, a super essential part of a willingness to grow is a willingness to hear feedback. And that can be probably like 17 spinoff episodes of this podcast coming soon. Um, Number four on our list. Physical intimacy. Doing it. Yeah. Doing it and doing it well. Yeah. We make out out, uh, a lot. I feel like we talk about it a lot and people are going to be like, we get it. But... I don't know. I don't I don't know that enough people, for sure the world talks about it and media talks about it, but I don't know a lo- enough people in committed romantic relationships and love who are like, yeah, this is an essential part of, hey, we've been married for 30 years or whatever and we still, you know, do it like rabbits. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear those stories. And it might not be everybody's core value, but it is ours. I feel closer to you. I feel connected to you when we have... Stress relief. Yeah. Feels good. Feels good. But honestly, like, when, when, I don't know if I want to say this out loud, but, like, you know, when we're having sex three or four times a week, that is when we are most connected. It's when we're closest, and it's when, honestly, the next day it's easier to wake up and swat you on the booty and yeah. send you a text in the middle of the day telling yeah. you how much I like you and how much I'm still thinking about you and whatever You know it might what's be. interesting? This is, that's a really interesting point that you're making there. So if, if we're, if we're, if we've, if we've had a good time the night before, you're more likely to be amorous in other ways because of that versus what I think is interesting is that if you are amorous in other ways, if you're slapping my butt, if you're sending me a text, if you're kissing my neck, whatever, I'm more likely to want to have sex with you that night because you've started sort of foreplay for me hours before we actually got to bed. Yes. I I don't know. I just think that's interesting. I think, again, we'll have a whole conversation on this topic. Spend a longer period of time. But let's just give you that core idea that, A, it is 
super important to us and b we have conversations like you just heard like oh wow okay you want that and i want this and this is how we make that happen number five <laughs> number five we're a team we are, we are a, a team. team that is a value is that it is not like a lot of times when problems happen when hard things happen when hard seasons happen people tend to think or for a relationship it can either make you closer or it can tear you apart and i think part of the reason that happens is that people they let the hard thing get in between the relationship when really it's supposed to be you two against the world yep. not the world driving you apart when i think back at 2016, it was the hardest year of our life, or at least of my life, the hardest year of our marriage, and the best year of our marriage, in mm -hmm. that we have these four foster children in and out of our house, a couple of which left without our thinking they were going to. It created a bunker that mm -hmm. we had to hunker down in, and if it had been something that pitted us against each other, it would have destroyed I us. I remember thinking in that season, this is the kind of thing that will make us so much stronger or will make or will make us get a divorce. Like I, I remember thinking, not that I was having like thoughts about but I remember thinking this is a this is like a a death knell. Like this is the thing that if even strong relationships don't survive seasons this hard. But I even as I was thinking it, I remembered like there wasn't one single part of that season where I wanted to be like separate from you. I was, I was like, we were in a bunker. We were like yeah. sometimes physically huddled together, crying over what we were going through many times, just like trying to manage five kids and deal with all the fate. Like, God, that was a hard season. Yeah. But I remember coming out of it, like definitely shell shocked, definitely PTSD but also knowing our relationship had never been stronger because we had survived that hard thing together. So we are a team. Identifying the five core values for your relationship is step number one. Step number two is weekly check-ins, quarterly reviews, annual retreat. Yep. So weekly check-in is we, every Sunday, we sit down and we plan out our week ahead and we talk about who's picking up the kids and what we're having for dinner on Thursday night and who's working out when and just all the things, just regular life planning things. But if you're planning your regularly scheduled programming and you have a list of those core values, maybe they're on the wall, maybe they're in your phone, just somewhere that you can see them as you're planning, that you get to make sure that your calendar is reflective of your values. Yep. So if your value is have fun, laugh. You better have something fun on the calendar. What's fun on the calendar this week for you and your partner? What date? Okay, it's not enough to have a date night. You got to have a date night that's fun, that's going to make you laugh. So Dave and I can have a date night where we go, you know, get dinner. That cool. That's cool that we get to go on a date. But I secretly... Well, I'm not going to tell you. I have a secret date coming up planned for you that's in my mind. I don't want to give it away. But if it's something fun that you're not expecting, that we're maybe not going to be very good at, it's going to be physical, it might be hard, like I can already see us laughing our butts off over that. And that's reaching for our values in our calendar. Yeah. I so, mean, one of the things that we've always done in growth in particular is have 
every six months something on the calendar that is us leaving our existing live for yeah. a weekend that will fill us personal in personal development. Yeah, so we have we have an annual, I put it on here as an annual retreat because I was kind of making it like a joke for business, but you need to have, we do every six months, but you need to have minimum one time a year where you go away with your partner with no children, Goodbye. if you have children, no children, you go away, you leave regular life, and you have some time for just the two of you. I don't care if you're just going to a hotel in your hometown because that's all you can afford, or if you're going to Ibiza and you're living it up on a party boat, but you better have some intentional time away because you need to remember why you like this person in the first place. You need some time where you're going to do it in interesting positions that you haven't tried at home because the kids might walk in. Hello. I don't know. You need to get away minimum one time a year. So we've got a weekly check-in, an annual retreat, and in the middle of that, we call it a quarterly review, which is sitting down once a quarter. This could be something you do on your date night or maybe you have a special place, but you just go, hey, let's check in. How were the last... Four months where we're showing up like the people we want to be, where we're showing up for our kids, for our family, for each other, for ourselves. What was working really well? Okay, what could we have done better? And how can we plan to do better in the next three months? And you're doing it against those five things that are your values, yes. right? So like if three months have gone by and I'll pick one that hasn't been a thing that we have to have a conversation about and these people are sick of hearing, but physical intimacy, right? If you've gone through a three-month period and physical intimacy for you is an important value, and for whatever reason, life, you have not been as intimate as you would like, or you have initiated and have been turned down a, a few too many times and you're frustrated by it, having a conversation about it after three months have gone by will make the conversation unbelievably easier than letting three years go by Ooh. and building it up into something that then becomes a teetering on the point of it just sure. totally disrupting everything from even you know, better own. even better just in that weekly review put it on the calendar Girl, i'm getting that this weekend 100 I'm <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't say it like that necessarily but sometimes saying it like that can be here's the thing attractive. I, I, I will say because i during our relationship, there have been times where we had to schedule sex, mm -hmm. and we had little kids. It or didn't tired. feel, yeah, it didn't feel as romantic in the planning. I didn't like the idea, and it created inertia. It created yeah. momentum because once you get to having a little bit of fun, you want to do it again, and yeah. you want to do it again, and all of a sudden you get back into a rhythm, mm -hmm. especially if you've fallen out of a rhythm. Yeah. Put it on the dang calendar. Yep. Sorry, I'm not sorry. You don't, need to make don't, out. Don't put it on the calendar. Call it by a secret name. Call, well, yeah, don't put it on the calendar. Yeah. The kids see it. Conference call yeah. with Cousin Lewis. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. That's, That's literally the first thing that popped in my head. Whatever your code word is. Code. I'll be totally using that later. <laughs> Sorry. So terrible. Oh, my God. Good Lord. Well, okay. Well, if you were wondering yeah. at what time the old train falls off the tracks, okay. welcome. It's right here. No, here's the thing. At the end of the day, um, you mentioned inertia, which is what made me think of this. A lot of people, I don't want you to hear these ideas or 
maybe feel like your relationship isn't where you want it to be, I don't want you to hear that and feel discouraged. I don't want you to hear that and think, dang, that's just like one more thing that sucks or one more thing I'm not doing right. That's not the point of this. I think that most people, like most people, probably don't have the relationship today that they wish that they had. It's not because you're doing something wrong. It's usually because we get stuck in a pattern. So you have like the object in motion stays in motion even when it's going in a direction you don't want it to go in. And don't believe that lie. I believed that four and a half years into our being married when we had two toddlers under two, which was this is just as good as it's going to get, mm -hmm. and I'm going to just become comfortable settling for this okay mm -hmm. relationship. That was seasonal, and when we came out of the cloud that was two toddlers under two and started having a different kind of conversation about what a better relationship would look like, it got better. And just because we have a five numbered thing and we're talking about quarterly reviews if that feels overwhelming start with a first conversation yeah. with one thing on the yeah. table about just wanting to have a better relationship mm -hmm. because you deserve to have a better relationship mm -hmm. it is possible to have a better relationship life life is too is, short is too short but yeah. life is what you choose to make it yeah. and if you want to believe that good relationships are only for certain people or that you've got to be with a different partner to have a great relationship, it's, a, it's just a lie. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. You can have a great relationship, but you just got to start by taking a step toward wanting it by being a little more intentional in how you get there. Guys, we hope that these ideas were helpful. We hope that you will bear with us as we try and navigate having a couples podcast that isn't 17 hours per episode because we're not very good at being <laughs> short and concise oh, but it's just because we have this is on our hearts and we really want to speak truth and hope into where you are in your journey we hope you loved today's episode if you did be sure and subscribe to our channel so you get a new notification every single time we release a new episode every thursday and be sure and check in on instagram i am miss rachel hollis he is Mr. Dave Hollis. And uh, DM us, tag us, screenshot today's episode and tell people, hey, these fools won't shut up. Yeah. And they schedule relations. <laughs> With Cousin Lewis. <laughs> that just went weird. All Sorry. right. Thanks, guys. Hey, you guys, if you like the Rise or Rise Together podcast, you're going to love my monthly live coaching series. What did you just say? I'm doing a coaching series. I'm, I'm like your favorite coach, but with hair extensions and eyelash extensions and a pension for Beyonce. What kind of coaching are you coaching? Okay, thank you for asking. There's actually two different classes. One is life coaching. Those are for people who want to work on their relationship, their health, their personal, all the personal stuff. And then there's something I'm really excited about business coaching. I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. I'm really proud of the company that I've built and I want to share that wisdom with you. So if you own a small business and you want to dig into how to do social media, how to find new clients, how to grow your revenue base, this is how we're going to do it. I bet they can get more info at thehollisco.com. You sure are right, buddy. You can watch videos about what the coaching series is all about, how you join in and what is included with your membership. Sounds like a plan. Right. Okay.